Welcome to the Soulbound podcast, where you can tag along as we journey to Korea and immerse ourselves into the K-culture. No plane required. We are Ophelie and Kevin, two friends and Korea enthusiasts. On the agenda today, we'll tell you a story and share one thing about Korea that we liked. What's up in your life, Ophelie? It's mostly work and grocery shopping and work and grocery shopping, so <laughs> nothing super exciting these days. What about you? Currently, my life is maybe a bit more exciting than last time, but uh, maybe not too much. <laughs> I've been uh, taking out recipes I've been collecting for the past probably 15 years, cataloging those. I found a lot of Korean recipes. I'm very excited to get cooking. Wait, wait, wait. You mean you've been collecting recipes? What do you mean? Like you've been looking online for some recipes, saving them and then cooking them? Or you've tried them and then are saving them after motivating them? Like what's the... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Both. <laughs> well, I've been collecting them for dozens of years and just been collecting them from people I know. So when mostly when I was abroad, I would ask for the recipes of meals I really enjoyed. That's cool. So I have a pile of about 200 recipes, which keeps <laughs> wow. me uh, busy. But when I rest from cataloging and try to get this all uh, together, I have discovered a new passion for a video game. It's called Lies of P. It has a Korean touch, quite interesting. So I think I will try to put it into the, uh, the recommendation at the end. I think what I can say is that it's gotten quite famous in a very short amount of time. Talking about famous Korean things, last time we quickly touched on the Busan Film Festival. I think you did meet some famous people. Maybe something you, you still want to tell us about the Busan Film Festival, Ophelia. I know how we talked about this transition before the episode. <laughs> and I, you know how I said like it was going to be weird? <laughs> it does sound a bit strange. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, from doing the podcast, I feel like the hardest thing to nail is really the transitions. It's super tough. I'm really appreciative now when I'm listening to something of seamless transitions from like a conversation to the other. It's, it's very impressive. I still think we should have some special effects <laughs> to insert as transitions. To all our listeners, I've been saving us from Kevin putting random special effects, little Star Wars-y spaceship stuff. <laughs> Thank me later. I anyway. hear it and I don't see the problem with it. Please let us know if you want to have some special effects. Make this a bit more explosive. This person is unhinged. Okay, so <laughs> talking of famous people, following this amazing transition that you just did there, Kevin. Amazing, amazing. You're welcome. One thing that's very cool about the Busan Film Festival is that many, many very, very famous people come over. Imagine... Brad Pitt. Old Brad Pitt or young Brad Pitt? Mid-age Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, come on. I mean, that's basically what Song Jong-ki did. So he's this actor that's in very, very big Korean TV shows, movies. He's super famous. He also married one of his co-stars and then divorced her not that long after in like a big drama breakup. In some ways, they are very comparable, uh, I guess. <laughs> Has he starred in, a, in one of the series or movies that you have recommended on the show here? Mm, no. Um, however, he's very famous. And I've been really impressed with how he handles the crowd because most very famous people will go on stage, 
they'll talk, they'll give a bit, but then once it's done, they go away and they don't give more. Whereas he was really great with the crowd. For example, during one of the open panels, so it's something where the cast of a movie is going to sit outside on a, on a public stage. It's free. Anyone can go. And you get to see the actors and they talk about the movies, about other things. And then at the end of the panel, he's like, if we still have some time and it doesn't bother the organization of the festival, can we do a little tour around the people? <laughs> the security team must have had like a, a, a tiny heart attack. Uh, they just, it just came off the stage with the other cast members. What I could not believe was how calm everyone was. Which, can you imagine Brad Pitt coming off like <laughs> the stage, like going in the middle of the crowd with just a tiny bit of security? It, it, I feel like it would create a bigger reaction. And so it's really something that I appreciate a lot here at this festival. Another type of fan that I saw in the Busan Film Festival, which was Honestly, it was just super cute. <laughs> Tony Leung came. Tony Leung is the main actor in In the Mood for Love, which is a very famous Hong Kong movie. Maybe more recently, it was the dad in Shang-Chi the Legend from Marvel, I guess. <laughs> but basically, this guy is a superstar, especially in Asia and in Korea. Uh, who would you compare him to? If you could, like, with us, something that you know, our audience can relate to a bit more. It's like the Brad Pitt from, from 70s. <laughs> Everyone's like Brad Pitt in your world somehow. <laughs> to go back to Brad Pitt. I don't know why I keep coming back to him. I think his name is just easy to pronounce, so no risk with a podcast. So Tony Ling is really, really famous. There were all those older women just shouting on their seats, and they all had banners, and they were like, oh my god, Tony Ling. The way you arrived. I've never seen this. Let me draw the scene. The red carpet in the middle. And you've got everyone coming in at cars. They go in. People take pictures. They're like, oh, wow, this person. Wow, this person. And then suddenly there's this ad break that happens. And then a little video of him. His car arrives. There's I don't know how much security. And on top of the car, there's this massive light. Blinding, blinding light. And he opens the car, comes out with crazy music and just just him on the red carpet with all those 50 plus women shouting, holding their <laughs> banners and stuff. It's, I was like, oh, wow. Okay, <laughs> this guy's <is> famous. <laughs> and then he goes in and he was so at ease. I don't know if it's ego related or just because he's just that famous. So his company wanted him to come in with lights and, and shouts I don't know but it was super impressive you really feel like you're in the present of someone massively famous <laughs> I've never you know because you know it when you see them right you know that how they've been everywhere you've seen them on screen but never before had I been somewhere where it was literally like projected into my face <laughs> it was quite impressive did you also see or meet some western actors yes Timothy Chalamet came over Timothy Chalamet is famous for Dune. He's, he's just done a lot of stuff. Koreans were crazy. They loved Call Me By Your Name. So Timothy Chalamet is very big here. I was really, it really stayed in my mind, not because it was him, but because of how he acted. He just knew how to handle the crowd, if that makes sense. Okay. I've never seen something like that. 
if I don't know how much of it was planned, how much of it wasn't, but basically it felt like he was just feeding off the energy of the crowd. And then what happened is that because the crowd was so responsive, he just went off kind of script or it felt that way. I think his security guards had 20 panic attacks in the whole time because he kept <laughs> going on the side, going to sign something, getting a gift. Like it was just, it was really impressive to look at. <laughs> this guy was born to be a star, I think. <laughs> yeah, it, it is quite fascinating seeing people that just are in their element. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Just, it pulls you in, right? It really does. Like you get fascinated with it. Busan Festival is really cool to go watch movies, but it's also really nice to see celebrities and especially very big celebrities in Korea because that's probably the easiest place to go to, to see everyone for free from relatively close. There is just such a big amount of them in the same place <laughs> for in, in such a short time. If you think about it, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> you really uh, seem to enjoy this. I love it. And uh, while we're talking about revealing things you hinted at last time, you you think the time's ripe to reveal your secret <laughs> temple? Yes, this was like the biggest secret of all times. I think uh, I will keep this until my grave. <laughs> I don't think any of um, our listeners could sleep for like the last two weeks because of this. Or maybe you couldn't because you were really frustrated <laughs> that I didn't even tell you about it. It was so <laughs> unexpected that you didn't tell me the name. I was like, I was... <laughs> it's time for the big reveal. No pressure. So that temple, you're not ready for this. Maybe we could use a special effect to introduce this. <laughs> I think it's the moment to try them. A holy, like a holy sign. <laughs> oh, now I'm really wondering what you guys will listen to. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> or like one of those big dongs, you know, they do in the Bud in the Buddhist temples. Oh, a big dong. Well, could, I mean, this would be very fitting. Okay. I will look into this. <laughs> All right. So, uh, that temple is called Sokbusa, which means literally Stone Buddha Temple. Why is it my favorite temple? Because first, it's not as crowded as Yonggungsa, which is a very, very big plus. <laughs> uh, second, it's really lost in the middle of a mountain. Why most people don't go is because it kind of takes a whole day to go. Most people that go to Busan for a short time don't go to an easier temple to access. However, it is nested in between two mountains, and more importantly than that, it's this tiny temple with a great view from the mountain, with Buddhas carved into the rock behind. Oh, nice. You get whole walls of rocks with Buddhas carved in. It's not a statue, it's literally carved into the rock, and that, that's, that was so cool. I think I loved it because I was totally not expecting that. To this day, it's still, I think, my, my favorite temple, despite the amazing one in Name Island that we talked about in the Name episode. It's just very, very calm. It's everything, I feel like it's everything a temple should be. And it, what's interesting about it also is that it looks very old. But actually, it was constructed relatively late, around 1930. So all of this is carved from not that long ago. <laughs> but it, it does have this old vibe, this old feeling, which I appreciate very much. So I would recommend that you go. And if you ever go to Busan, you take an extra half day or a day to, to go visit it because it's definitely worth it. 
That was The Secret Temple by Ophelia. <laughs> well, thank you, Kevin. <laughs> what about your recommendations? Okay, what, what are your secrets about Busan? I have something that I observed. We were around Guangali Beach. They started driving out boats. There was probably 50 boats, 40 boats. And they didn't look very big. And they were driving out into the bay. And it was just filled with boats. They had small lights and we, we couldn't really say or tell what it was. But then at some point when it got quite dark, one after another, they just started firing off fireworks. If we hadn't known better, it looked like they were making a war. These were not huge <laughs> fireworks, so they w wouldn't go up super high. So most of them would go straight up, but you know, some of them would also be a little bit horizontal. <laughs> It was very intense. It was for at least an hour. They're just firing off firework after firework. It was quite a spectacle. I've been told that this would not be there every day. But uh, you know, out of the two nights I spent in the evening, I saw it twice. So in my eyes, this happens every day. <laughs> you, guys, you guys should really check it before you go. Though. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is not every day. We were there on a weekend. So we saw it for sure on Friday and Saturday. I've seen videos of that, I think. Probably it happens. I'm not sure if it happens every night, but it must be more than just an event. Then again, do check. <laughs> Before you go, don't quote us on that one. Have a look at Guangali Beach in the evening. Definitely. Guangali Beach is, is really beautiful, lit it up. There's so many nice restaurants along the beach and it's just really nice. And There's lots of bars as well. And on warm days, there is also, especially when it's, it's uh, light out a bit longer, there's lots of attractions on the beach as well in the evening that they, send up. they have all these tents where you can play games. It's just, it's filled with just things to do for a, either a fun, fun night out with friends or maybe more romantic uh, night outs. There's, you know, there's this big lounging chairs that you can lie on and that's it's cool it's a good place to go is everything free well i mean i'm guessing for the games or stuff most of it most of it some things were provided by the city of busan i guess that's pretty cool other things were private i feel like this is really something in korea like they have so many things that are free provided by the cities i mean also to be fair they can count on people not to steal stuff which <laughs> is a part of the reason why they do things because it's less of a budget than it would be otherwise <laughs> but, but still like it's that's pretty cool although this is most likely not going to be the last busan episode i think a concluding recommendation which is anything but a secret is the gamjun culture village that is definitely not a secret <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to put it mildly that's fair. But yes, it's not a secret. It's the most famous attraction. I would also call it the colorful houses <laughs> on the hill. Well, it's a very accurate description, to be fair. This is exactly what it is. Maybe a hundred houses. They're all painted in very different colors. And there is there's a pathway you can follow with a lot of artistic checkpoints. And it's it's a nice place to go. I think we were there with my friend. We were there this year in April. It was really cool. Temperatures were great. You know, there's lots of food. There's many cafes. 
There's a lot of souvenir like gift shops. I, th I would say everything is handmade. Small stores, small shops, many tourists. Of course, it's a bit outside the city, so you need to take a bus to get there. But just follow the crowd and you will find it. Don't go on the weekend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In general, don't go to Korea during the summer and then don't go anywhere on the weekend. <laughs> For most people, this is quite tough, hopefully, you know that, right? I know, I know, I know. I mean, you have to go somewhere on the weekend eventually. But I guess if you can avoid that village, which is a particularly big touristic area in Busan, on the weekend, it's better to go to Sokpulsa, <laughs> which on the weekend will not be that crowded. I mean, one time I talked about that temple to a person who lived in Busan. She did not know it. She, she was my Airbnb host and she was recommending place to go. And then I just told her about a place she didn't know about. I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean you don't know this temple? A true treasure, a true secret. Oh my God, I'm never teasing anything again. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> oh, I'm having a great time. <laughs> well, I guess we could move on to the recommendation of the week because I'm actually really excited to hear about it. So if I don't have anything to recommend this week, it's also because I've been playing Baldur's Gate 3 a lot. Except, of course, I have taken the time to prepare a good recommendation, albeit being playing video games. <laughs> smart, <laughs> smart. Okay, fair enough. I recognize your genius. As teased in the beginning, I would love to recommend the video game Lies of P. It's something called a Souls-like game, which basically means it's really hard. It's just relentlessly trying to put you in place. It's painful, but also <laughs> very rewarding. That sounds great. Yeah, no, it's, uh, <laughs> okay, so, it's not wait, for everyone. Okay, so it's like super hard, but because it's super hard, it's super rewarding at the same yes. time. So it's just for people who like suffer. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, hey, no judgment. It's great. Like, <laughs> go for it if it's your thing. So what's really cool about uh, Lies of P is their mechanics are incredible. The way you can combine weapons and tools, attributes, so, so it just fits your game style. You, you can go from you know, hard hitting and big to very small and nimble and anyway just works and you can just beat the game. Okay, so is it similar in some ways to something like Breath of the Wild or something like that? Not at all. There is some open world elements, but it, there is a story that you have to follow. You can't jump from place to place. I think why most people were quite doubtful of the success and how it would really turn out is because the P in Lies of P stands for Pinocchio. Mm. So it is about puppets. Uh, you play as Pinocchio, but in a completely reimagined way Ooh. this is what got me into it first i knew it was about pinocchio and then while playing i realized how the characters they had this very eastern touch but i couldn't put my finger on it until i think i met gemini for the first time it got very clear that this was a korean made game they managed to bring this Pinocchio story that we, in, in the West, I guess, we know as a child's story, and they made it very, well, it is dark, I guess. Already. Yeah, it's a very dark story. <laughs> they made it even darker. It, it's incredible how they managed to imbue some Korean energy and Korean things into the game and still make it the Pinocchio that we kind of know. It's incredible. It's really cool. I can recommend it. Just be aware, it's very difficult. 
Well, that sounds really cool, though. Original and the in the storyline. This is really something Korean tales have such a different vibe to them than Western tales. Yeah. I want to play now. If I don't want to suffer, it's going to be my <laughs> mental fight for like... <laughs> Try to finish Baldur's Gate 3 yeah, first. Yeah, man. Still at Act 1, I've played like 45 hours. Oh, God. Don't even... Oh, yeah, God. whatever. You guys are not going to have drama recommendations for a while, I think. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I guess you're stuck with me then. All right, guys, then that's the end of today's episode. Thank you for listening to us. Reach out to us on Instagram at soulbound underline podcast or old school via email at soulboundpodcast at gmail.com. We are always on the lookout for stories about Korea to feature in our next episode and would love to hear yours. So don't be shy. You listen to Soulbound. We hope you had fun and had a nice journey. See you next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.